It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box. The show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman. With me, as always, Mr. Kevin Baxter out traveling around the world, as is the normal right now for him. Very busy covering uh, the World Series and everything else, so a little bit shorter show as we catch Kevin in between flight changes here. Uh, Kevin, I guess uh, I guess we'll start with you. Where are you, and uh, and how much time do we have? Now, you said, as always... And it's not as always. You've had Larry Morgan on there before. That's right. So it's not as always. But I, I actually I am stranded in the San Francisco airport, which if you're ever stranded here, there's a, there's a place called Uncorked, which is a wine bar, and they have great wine and, and great beer. So that's where I am stranded right now. This is my second delayed flight of the day. I'm trying to get home from Houston. This is not a good idea to come through San Francisco. But here I am, and uh, we, we hope to get home because there's another World Series game. I don't know when people are listening to this, but there was another World Series game Tuesday. That's right. And this is Monday, and I'm hoping to get home in time for Tuesday's game. Yeah, Monday, October 30th is when we're recording. Uh, a, a little bit in the evening here, a little bit later than we normally do. But Kevin hasn't had a chance to weigh in, at least not on the podcast yet, Kevin. You did write a wonderful article, which I'm sure lots of people uh, have read. A couple different articles actually have come out. And so we wanted to touch on Siggy Schmidt getting the quote-unquote promotion, or at least the added responsibilities, and uh, and Pete Viennese getting the quote-unquote demotion to the VP of, uh, of soccer operations. And, and we also want to talk about some other things that maybe have flown a little bit under the radar, but Kevin, uh, you know, the Galaxy gives Siggy the the extra ability to go out and get uh, players, his own players, something that Cardinalfo didn't have, so changing the rules a little bit there, but also something that I've touched on before, that when Siggy came on, he was already assured, basically, they had a handshake deal, that he was going to get these responsibilities. Well, yes and no. I mean, one of the things about Ziggy is he, as far as I know, he has not done this, at least in recent times. He may have done it at Columbus, or his, I don't think he did it his first stint at the Galaxy. He definitely did not do this, um, have player personnel responsibilities in Seattle. They had a general manager, a very strong general manager. So this is a new role for, the, for Ziggy Schmidt. Can it work? Yeah. It worked with Bruce Arena when he was general manager and coach at the Galaxy. Bruce Arena is a totally different guy. And and I, I will say right up front, I am a huge Bruce Arena fan. I think Bruce Arena did a tremendous job. So I'm a huge Bruce Arena fan. Whether Ziggy can pull it off, I mean, you know, in a sense, it's, it's kind of unfair to compare Ziggy to Bruce because Bruce did such a great job at this. But clearly, the, the Galaxy model that they were using right now did not work. Whether this one will work, I don't know. I, frankly, I'm not optimistic because they haven't what they've done is rearrange the deck chairs on the Titanic. You know, they haven't moved anybody out. They haven't brought in a dynamic new figure. Um, I'm not sure how this is going to work. And, and uh, you know, Ziggy was a great coach, but compare him to Kurt Anolfo. And then, and then compare the responsibilities that Ziggy was given compared to Kurt Anolfo. Kurt Anolfo was not given a veto power over deals. In fact, he was pushed aside when they talked about personnel deals, who was going to come in, who was going to go out. Kurt had some very strong opinions about some of the players he was forced to use and, and, and he was ignored. And now here comes Diggy and all of a sudden, whatever he says is, is the gospel truth. And 
you know, I, I'm, I'm a little troubled by this. What I'm most troubled by is that after this incredibly bad season, nobody was forced to pay a price. The only person fired in this whole thing was Kurt Anoffel. Yes, uh, you know, Vianis was, was demoted, but I, I don't think that's enough. Basically, we're going forward with the same guys that were in charge last time. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. There's nobody in the GM role right now, Kevin. Uh, it's a vacant sort of open vastness of other things. And so you have to understand that while Siggy has the personnel side, which which we've talked about, uh, it's probably going to be up to Vianus to pick up any of the GM paperwork stuff or other things that he was already handling as general manager this year. Maybe some things like making sure that the schedule is as optimal for the LA Galaxy as possible or any of the uh, other paperwork deals that the general manager has to worry about or has to do, um, that is still going to fall on Vianus's desk as the VP of soccer operations. So really, while you've taken away his ability to pick players, Kevin, you haven't taken away his ability to influence the team. No, and one of the things is Bruce was really good at this. There's a lot of schmoozing. There's a lot of, um, you know, cattle trading. There's a lot of this kind of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that leads to this. And, and I'm just, it's not fair to compare. First of all, it's not fair to compare Pete to, to Bruce. Bruce has been doing this since the start of MLS. Um, and you know, Pete is a little bit new on the scene. So it's unfair to say Pete isn't as good as Bruce. Nobody is as good as Bruce, but it's a very key role. And I just don't think the galaxy is taking it, uh, to, you know, as important as it needs to be taken. And, and there is a vacuum there. And, and the problem is, Ziggy is going to uh, sort of exert some of his influence and pressure on certain personnel deals. And I think Pete is going to step forward and say, no, this is the way we need to do it. And, and Jovan is going to say the same thing. And so I think it's kind of a recipe for disaster because there are a number of strong personalities there, but there is nobody who is, there is no one where the buck stops. Right. And so I think there's going to be some, debates about what do we do and, and who's really in charge and who gets to make the decision here. Uh, I just don't like the way this is setting up. And I, and I especially, again, I'll, I'll go back to what I wrote in sun, on Sunday's paper. I just don't think that the idea that no one had to suffer, no one had to, to uh, Pete did give up his title, but no one really had to give up their job or no one had their hands slapped for the disaster that was the season that just happened. And you compare that to AEG's other team, the Kings where the general manager and the coach was fired after not making the playoffs. And you look at the galaxy and it's almost like, you know, that's okay. Right, right. Yeah, it, it, it seems like maybe there's a double standard between the two. It's, you know, maybe, uh, and again, I think lots of fans have felt this way. Maybe AEG doesn't care, care that much about the Galaxy in terms of things. I don't know if that's true, but certainly if you look at the way that they responded to the LA Kings and how they're responding right now or not responding to the situation with the LA Galaxy, I mean, the Kings didn't even finish like the exact, like the worst record ever in, you know, their franchise history and didn't finish last in the league. Um, the LA Galaxy well, were, were a disaster and an abomination this year, and for the most part, you fired a coach who didn't have any personnel choices and was handed the lineup. That, that's what you did. Right. The, and the, here's the thing. The Galaxy were not competitive. That's the deal. That's, I mean, you can say the Kings, the Kings almost made the playoffs, and, and you know, I, as you know, I, I cover a little bit of everything. I'm at the World Series now, or heading home from the World Series, and, and uh, by the way, um, it, those of you who watch Game 5, I mean, you know what was the amazing thing about Game 5 of the World Series? That lasted longer than the entire U.S. 
um, group play stage in Brazil lasted. And you could add in the first half of the Brazil of the uh, Belgium game in the knockout round plus stoppage time. That's how long that game lasted in Game Five. That's why I love covering soccer. It's ninety minutes and you go home. <laughs> but you know, speak, and, and, but speaking uh, about the Galaxy, they were not competitive this year, and and no one has been uh, forced to pay the price for that. I have a theory. And this is my theory, and it, it, it's based on talking to a lot of people, but I don't have the what, what can I, I don't have the evidence to necessarily write a story, but it, it, it's based on a hunch and, and talking to a lot of people. I believe the galaxy the galaxy denies this vehemently, but I believe the galaxy lost a considerable amount of money in, in the 2016 season, between five and six million dollars. Um, I believe the galaxy, despite the fact Ford. Forbes rates them as one of the most lucrative franchises in, in MLS and in 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 uh, North and South American soccer. They're one of the most lucrative franchises. But that's the price if you sell them. It's not the price in operating them. So operationally, I believe that the Galaxy had a five to six million dollar deficit last year, based on people that I have talked to. Now, what that means is that at, at some point, Mr. Anschutz, who owns the team, it, it is going to say, you know what? We cannot continue to incur these losses. At some point, we need to stop the bleeding. We need to get back to a balanced budget, and then we can move forward from there. And I think the Galaxy have reached that point. Um, they push back a lot about cost-cutting. I, I had a, a rather heated argument with a Galaxy official while I was in Houston during the World Series uh, talking about whether or not they lost money, and, and they denied it, and, and I offered them evidence, and we went back and forth. But I believe part of the problem is the Galaxy have lost money for a number of years. In some ways, MLS is a little bit of a Ponzi scheme, meaning that all the franchises are losing money, which is why they continue to expand, because they get $100 million plus in expansion fees from these new teams, and they need that money to keep the league flush. So the Galaxy have lost money in recent years. I think they've decided that that's why the payroll has gone down in the last three seasons. I think that Mr. Anschutz has just said enough is enough. And, and, you know, I'm totally with him. He saved the league. You can say all you things you want about Phil Anschutz, his name's on the trophy for the MLS Cup. He saved the league. But at some point, you know, it, it has to stop being a charity on his, on his part, part. And I believe that he's reached that point and he said, you know, we need to, to balance our budget here and then we'll move forward from there. Unfortunately, he's decided to do that now with LAFC on the horizon and, that may be a bad decision, but I think that's where it is. When you look at the designated players that they have, yes, Gio has a decent contract. He was signed a couple of years ago. Um, Allison Greeny's contract is under $2 million. G, uh, Jonathan Dos Santos is right at $2 million. The payroll is the lowest that it's been in several seasons. And the Galaxy got what they paid for this season. Yeah, it, it was a, obviously a, a steep departure from some of the years past. And granted, some of the years past, you know, I even went on to this when Larry and I were talking on Thursday, which is the, the same guys who made a lot of the decisions, even when Bruce Arena was there, are still there. And you can go back and criticize a bunch of those decisions in 2015 and 2016 that sort of led into this 2017 debacle. So, I mean, it's not like it's just one season and one thing that has been bad. If you go back to some of the decisions, things like Steven Gerrard, Giovanni Dos Santos, Kevin, you and I have talked about these and, and the decisions that were made to bring in possibly without the uh, the official okay from somebody like Bruce Arena, who was the coach and who didn't want certain players. 
So, so you bring that in. It's again, it's not just a, a simple as one season, you know, sort of failure. It seems like this has almost been building up to this particular point. Well, yeah. No, no. What you just said is perfect because it, it shows how much things have changed in the last, say, twelve to eighteen months. At one point, they they could bring in Steven Gerrard at a huge contract, six million dollars a year. Um, with Bruce Arena, the coach and general manager at that point, saying, look, we really don't want this guy. We don't think he can help us. We think he's a little over the hill. And management saying, this guy's going to sell tickets. Let's bring him in. And now they're to the point where, hey, we can get a real game-changer type player. And they've talked to a number of different players that we've all chronicled. And, and you know, the response has been, no, we can't afford him. So at one point, they were signing guys for window dressing. And now they can't get players that, that are difference makers. And, and you know, the only conclusion I can come to is they're trying to balance the budget. And I understand that that's a smart financial move, but it, those smart financial moves do have an impact on the field. And, and I thought we saw that this year and, and uh, you know, what, what does it mean going forward? I don't know. Ziggy is a, was, is a good coach. Um, I say was only because you look at his record compared to Kurt and this year, and he was not able to work his magic. And then you look at his record, in his final season with Seattle. And, and I don't know whether Ziggy's lost it, whether it's a personnel thing or what, but um, I'm just not super optimistic for this team going forward. I don't think, and, and that's what I tried to indicate in my Sunday column. I, I just don't think they have made the necessary changes to assure that they're going to go, go forward in a winning way. And, you know, you look at the team I've been covering for the last week, the Dodgers in the world series and, they, you know, you can't, they may or may not win the World Series. And, and by the time this podcast goes up, people may know the results of the World Series. But the point is, the Dodgers had a philosophy. They stuck with it. Uh, they had a way that they were going to do things. And they paid the price for that. They, they made the funds available to go out and get the players they needed. And they made it to the World Series. It seems that the Galaxy have all, all of a sudden decided that, no, we're not going to fund this thing to the way it needs to be funded. And you can argue about whether that was correct or not correct, given the, the losses they've taken in recent years, but the Dodgers have a philosophy and they stuck with it. The galaxy doesn't seem to have a philosophy this year. They were going to go young. They were going to bring up Academy players. They were going to use homegrown players that didn't work. And so they let Kurt and go their former LA galaxy two coach. They let him go. They brought in Diggy Schmidt, a guy who, like Bruce arena who favors veterans it's a sea change in the middle of a season. And you can't, I, I just don't believe you can go from one philosophy to another that quickly. Uh, it, it's just, it, it, it's, it's a U-turn that is just a little bit too steep uh, for a team to make and expect to be able to win while they're doing that. Well, well let's, let's just turn it a little bit and, and say that, you know, I, I believe that the LA Galaxy, you know, definitely we looked at the Steven Gerrard and the Giovanni Dos Santos deals, and, and I think we both agree that those were both bad deals, and for the amount of money, it, it really hurt the Galaxy. You can see that. So they weren't smart with the way that they spend it in that case. Again, same people in charge now that made those deals uh, then. So there's no change there. So then you say, okay, if you're going to go younger, if you're going to be more cost-thrifty, if you're going to be smarter spending, then you have to hit on all of the people that you go out and get, Kevin, because every dollar you spend now is super valuable. So the people that you spend money on really need to perform and need to do their best jobs. And that's, again, you look at the you know the acquisition of uh, Jermaine Jones as something that was that worth 
every penny that you paid the $722,000 this year? Is it worth money, you know, for somebody like Giovanni Dos Santos, again, at $5.5 million, the, the highest paid player on the team? Uh, is it worth it on Yella Von Dom? Granted, 2016 Yella Von Dom was great, but was it a smart scouting decision to bring somebody halfway across the United States knowing that his kids were going to stay in another country? Was that a smart move? So you can look at Joao Pedro. Was that a smart move? Although, you know, even thinking now, you know, perhaps... Um, Perhaps the stated transfer fees and everything that we've heard, maybe those were overstated, Kevin. Maybe it's closer to $600,000 that was actually paid in transfer fee. And does that make sense next year for Joao Pedro being, you know, only, I think, $125,000 or $150,000 in salary? So maybe that pans out. But there were several decisions made that you didn't make the right call on. And if you're going to be you know, spend thrifty. If you're going to be, you know, one of these people, one of these teams that spends smartly, you have to hit on every single player. That didn't happen this year. Well, one of the, it's interesting the points you just made is you look at Jao Pedro and it's like, okay, we thought they spent a lot of money on them, uh, on him rather. That's the old Galaxy way. We found that they didn't. Is that the new Galaxy way, trying to go cheap? Dan Beckerman made a really interesting point to me uh, during last winter, the lead up to the season. He talked about, you know, I think we've mentioned this before. He said, if, if, if I'm driving to the airport and I need a cup of coffee and I pull into a drive through Starbucks and and they say a cup of coffee is $20, you know, Dan Beckerman said, look, I have $20 and I want a cup of coffee, but it's not worth $20. I'm not going to pay $20 for it. And his point is, I'm not going to pay, I'm not going to overpay for a player that's not worth that salary. Well, that's the Galaxy's MO all along. Was David Beckham worth what they paid for him? I don't know. Was, was Steven Gerrard worth what they paid for him? Clearly not. Was Steven... Was Robbie Keane worth what they paid for him the last year? Clearly not. But that was the Galaxy. They were the New York Yankees. They went out and they, they overpaid to, to make sure that no one got in the bidding for these great players. And they won because of that. And now all of a sudden they're trying to, I, I don't want to say go on the cheap. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be with the team on this. I'm going to say they're cost cutting, but they're not going cheap. Because what they're trying to do is they're trying to be rational and they're trying to be intelligent with how they spend their money. But that is not the Galaxy's MO. That's not how they operated for the last decade. And all of a sudden, they're trying to, to be smart with their money. And I think people look at that and they say, well, wait a minute. Jao Pedro is your biggest off, you know, one of your biggest offseason signings, and he's coming in at a couple hundred thousand. That doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't compared to what they've done in the past. It does make sense in what Jao Pedro can contribute. So the Galaxy are kind of stuck in this transition where – um, they're trying to make smart personnel decisions, but they're not all meshing. They're try they, they wanted to go young and I'm not going to say cheap, but they wanted to go young last year. You know, it didn't work out. And all of a sudden they bring Ziggy Schmidt in a guy who favors veterans and he's out on the scouting trail right now. Let's see what he winds up with. I, I, I do know that he likes Jermaine Jones because Jermaine Jones back next season. I don't know if that's necessarily a good decision. Um, but he, ha you know, he is going to reconstruct the team in his own way. And I think reconstruction is the key word here. It's not going to be the team we saw last year. It, it, it's got to be better. It can't be any worse. Um, is it going to build the foundation for the future? I don't know. 
Yeah, it's, it certainly brings up interesting points. Another interesting point that I think, you know, I missed on Thursday, and I'd love for us to discuss it here real quick, is that the LA Galaxy really seem to be bolstering the scouting. Uh, this is something that I think you and I have both been more critical of as the season has gone along. Um, I always assumed that the LA Galaxy had plenty of scouts and plenty of people everywhere, and I would say that that characterization, right, at least uh, with everything that I knew, is, is totally false. Um, and, and one of the big things that Chris Klein has sort of been hinting at is that they are going to bolster that scouting, uh, you know, the, their scouting abilities. So that means Jovan Karofsky, which really was the technical director and, and the guy who was responsible for scouting a lot of these players and finding a lot of these players, uh, is going to get more help. I mean, is this, a, is this a matter of the Galaxy finally expanding into an area where they've been lacking? Or is this, is this a little slap at Jovan Karofsky, Kevin? How do you see this sort of expanded scouting roles? That's really a good point, and, and I see it a little bit of both. I think under Bruce Arena, who uh, is one of the few U.S. coaches that is known in Europe, with what he's done with the national team and what he had done until this last qualifying period, what he had done with the national team, what he had done with the Galaxy, he was very well-known in Europe. If you went to any, you know, Sweden, uh, talk to people in the EPL, they all knew Bruce Arena. They didn't know very many other coaches. They probably know a little bit about the Schmidt and others, but they definitely knew Bruce Arena and they definitely knew the Galaxy. So, you know, Bruce Arena could go to Ashley Cole and say, hey, you know what? Come play in the U.S. This is a good place for you to be. Come play for the Galaxy. And it worked. He could do that with Nigel DeJong. He could do that with Steven Gerrard to a certain sense. I, I don't know that. Uh, certainly, Colonel Knopfel couldn't do that with, with all the strength that he brought. I don't know if Ziggy Schmidt can do that. So, the Galaxy didn't necessarily need to beat the bushes in, in scouting. They need to do that now. They're in, a, they're in a different stage. They need to go out and they need to do a little bit of, I'm going to continue to use a bunch of baseball analogies here, so excuse me, but they're going to need to go out and do a little bit of money ball. They're going to need to go out and find some players with a big upside and a low payroll that they, or a low salary number that they can go out and get and, and, and sign at a song and a guy that's going to, you know, help them like Van Dom did. And like, I think they're hoping Joe Pedro will do. So they do need to beef up that scouting. And one of the things they need to do, the galaxy have completely missed the boat on Latin America. If you look around the league, there are more Latin American players in MLS that have been brought into MLS uh, this, the, the last couple of years than anywhere else in the world. There's more Latin American players than, than African players than European players anywhere else in the world. The Galaxy have totally missed that. Yes, they got two Mexican players, uh, national team players in Jonathan and, and Gio Dos Santos, but they came off of Spanish teams. So, you know, the Galaxy have missed the Latin American movement. They need to go down there and scout there. I know they're doing that now. I know they're scouting in Europe. They say that Alison Drini and Jal Pedro are guys that they have scouted, that their new scouting department has identified and brought over there. But they need to do a little bit more of that, and they need to do it they need to find players with big upsides and low salaries. Um, I, I think the Galaxy right now for the foreseeable future is past the Robbie Keane and Steven Gerrard stage. I think they're moving more into the yellow Van Damme, uh, Roman Alessandrini stage, and that's going to take scouting. That's going to take people beating the bushes, finding some of these guys. Uh, Siani is a good example. Siani and, 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 and Van Anholt are two guys who are – are guys that could be real contributors that came at a, a price. And that's where I think the galaxy is. And that's totally, totally different from the galaxy of Beckham, Landon Donovan and Robbie Keane. Yeah. Yeah. It certainly is. How, how are we doing on time, Kevin? You missed your flight yet? 
No, I'm standing here, and there there appears to be no plane there. Okay, so, okay, no plane. Um, so, that's good for you and bad for me. <laughs> I was going to say, that's working great for me. It's it's too bad for you. All right, we'll continue <laughs> then. Um, no, I mean, so one of the rumors that we heard, and Taylor Twelman put this out on Twitter, um, I don't know if uh, if you're if you're able to comment on, on this, Kevin, though, is that we heard that Kurt Schmidt, Siggy's son, uh, is going to be one of those scouting reinforcements. That seems to be at least the rumor no, that, I, yeah. That is 100% true. Yeah, I actually knew that last week. Um, the Galaxy had talked to Seattle, and, and, and Ziggy wanted his son to be reunited with him and that he would come down. And, and I was unsure at the time because there is still an assistant coaching job somewhat open, and I was unsure whether that was going to go to to, uh, to Kurt or not. And Kurt is going to be a, a scout, and, and I think that's when the Galaxy talked about reinforcing their scouting department. And they made a lot of noise about that. Oh, we're going to spend a ton of money on scouting. That was one of the guys they were looking at, um, and I, 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 I think Kurt is going to help them, but I also think that probably uh, when they talk about reinforcing their scouting department and beefing up their scouting report, uh, department with, with, uh, with Kurt, I think that was a little bit Ziggy saying, look, if you want me to stay here, you got to hire my son. So, yes, is he going to help? Yes, he's going to help. But it, it, is that the guy? It, did they go out and find the, you know, the greatest scout in soccer history? Um, that remains to be seen. All right, Kevin, there are, uh, I believe, as, the, as of the time and the date of this particular recording, um, I believe there are only 85 days until the LA Galaxy hit the preseason trail. That's right. I'm already, I'm already counting it. Um, let's see. Yeah, 84 days now is actually as it all goes down. So 84 days until the LA Galaxy report for preseason training. Uh, how did the Galaxy and how does Siggy Schmidt sort of move on here? What are the important things that Siggy has to do? I, I've always said that it's going to have to be very targeted and they're going to have to have a lot of success if they're going to build a competitive team for 2018 because you're just not going to be able to, to, to be able to afford any misses on any guys. These are going to have to be a bunch of solid contributors and if you miss on any of them, it's really going to be felt because for the most part, you're not going to be able to go out and, you know, get 11 starters. Um, although I think there's probably three or four starters the Galaxy are, are looking at. Well, you know, th that's where I'm going to give Siggy some credit because unlike some of the other Galaxy people in the front office, he has not talked about, oh, you know, we need one or two guys and we're going to be fine. Siggy's talked about he's got to rebuild the spine. He needs a goalkeeper. He needs a central midfielder. He needs a striker. He needs a central defender. And he went out on the road to start scouting the day after the Galaxy's last game. So um, he's out there looking for the players that they need. He's out there um, trying to build this roster. Um, and uh, he has made no bones about the. You know, uh, uh, again, a lot of the Galaxy front office people talk about how, oh, you know, th th we just need a couple of tweaks. No. Uh, he has talked about how he needs to rebuild the team, uh, you know, from start to finish. And he's out there trying to do that and, and give him credit for being one of the few guys that's honest about this. Yeah, I think that's a that's a super important part. Listen, I mean, overall, Kevin, if you and I are going to sit here and say, hey, giving Siggy Schmidt personnel, you know, uh, uh, the ability to select his own personnel, is this a positive or a negative? If you're looking at the total situation within the LA Galaxy, I'm going to tell you it's a positive. Uh, it is a positive. I yeah. think that Siggy has more experience. I, in fact, I know Siggy has more experience than the previous general manager. Um, so, you know, I, I feel that you know, there should be some optimism, at least placing some trust there in Siggy Schmidt, sort of even if you, you, even if you have to throw out the results of, of his tenure so far with the LA Galaxy in this, uh, in this 2017 season. Does that, does that make sense to you? Well, well here's why it's good. Siggy's going to pick the guys he wants to be in the foxhole with. 
um, and and Kurnanoff did not get that ability. Ziggy's going to say, look, this may not be, you know, and and in the last years, couple of years, Bruce didn't get that uh, uh, ability either. I don't think he wanted um, Gio Dos Santos. He considered him to be a guy who was not a winner. I don't think he wanted Steven Gerrard. He didn't consider him a guy that fit in with the kind of game he wanted to play. Ziggy has total control now. And I think this was a wake up call this last season. It was so dismal it was, it was, uh, that Ziggy now gets to pick the guys he wants to be in the foxhole with. And you may look at it and say, this guy is not a great star. This guy didn't score a hundred goals in the EPL, but Ziggy figures he fits a role. And, and that's a good thing. That's a step forward because this last roster did not fit together in any way, shape or form. And Ziggy is going to be able to construct a roster with a, with a bunch of role players, a couple of stars, and, and this is the way to move forward. This may not be the galaxy of the past with Landon Donovan and, and David Beckham, but look around the MLS. There's a lot of teams that did not win with stars that won with a, 11 grinders. And I, I anticipate that's the kind of team that Ziggy is trying to build. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. Again, uh, the LA Galaxy are currently in some sort of training. I don't know if it's official. I don't know how structured it is, but as as punishment for teams that don't make the playoffs, I think that's the best way to explain it. Uh, they're still you still have to train. So the guys got a week off, and supposedly are supposed to be back sometime this week. Whether that was today on Monday or throughout the week, it, it seems like some of the guys will be coming in and doing some sort of training here for the next two or three weeks. Uh, and this is one of the things that Siggy had said was that he was already going to have some trialists in and he was already going to start doing things uh, right now before this 2017 season officially ends for the LA Galaxy. So some of the guys will be training in preparation for the offseason, basically. There were 91 days, Kevin, if you count them, between the end of the LA Galaxy season on October 23rd, uh, the day after they lost at uh, FC Dallas, and then uh, the, the start of the season on January 22nd, 91 days. And so I sort of theorized, they said, why would you make MLS team still practice after they after they wouldn't do it and uh, and somebody our Charles Baum on Twitter who writes I think for MLSsoccer.com is a contributor sometimes uh, he wrote and he goes it sounds like perfect punishment to me that you say whenever there's 12 teams that make the playoffs and there's only 22 teams in the league that as punishment you should have to train for no reason whatsoever uh, and that quite honestly uh, I made this point is that no coach trusts their players to be off for 91 days. So the fact that you're going to get two or three more weeks out of the guys and have them under your control and be able to do things with them, you know, may still help. And for the Galaxy, I think any time together is good time together. So I, I think that's sort of where the Galaxy uh, sit right now. Anything, uh, anything else you want to cover, Kevin, before we let you get out of here? Well, I am actually standing on a, on a tarmac now. Uh, things have escalated since we last asked about my flight status. I'm not on tarmac now. You know, I think this is a good thing. Sebastian Leggett needs to train before training camp starts. He will train uh, in the month of November at some point. I believe Siani is still here. Um, you know, there is a lot of work that the Galaxy need to do. They did not end the season well. They did not end the season with their best team on the field. So, yes, it, it is a form of punishment, and the Galaxy deserve to be punished. Their front office was not punished. Some of the players are being a little punished now. This is a good thing. The, the Galaxy needs to build camaraderie. And you, and you know what is another good thing about this? Dominic Kinnear is likely to be the guy most in charge of, this, uh, of these training sessions over the next couple of weeks. And, and I believe that Dominic Kinnear is going to play a much bigger role uh, if he remains with the Galaxy next season. Um, there's a number of coaching jobs still open. He could be a candidate for some of those and may move on. But if he doesn't, he's going to be a guy who's going to have a big role to play 
and the fact that he's running some of these training sessions is really, really, it's a good time for the Galaxy, I think. I know the players love him. Um, Ziggy's off scouting. Dominic's running some of the training sessions. That is a good thing moving forward. If you can take one thing from this offseason, that would be one of the, the, uh, the takeaways that you'd want to say that maybe things will turn around quickly. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. All right, Kevin, we're going to let you go. You go get on your flight, end up at home, so that way you can cover the World Series uh, starting on Tuesday, all right? You must be able to hear those jet engines. It's pretty I, loud out here. I was going to say, it's starting to ramp up. All right, thanks, Kevin. We'll talk to you later, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. All right, there goes Mr. Kevin Baxter of the LA Times checking in from his uh, his flight there uh, at San Francisco. So we appreciate, obviously, Kevin trying to squeeze us in. And that is going to be your Monday Night Podcast. Again, I told you shorter shows in the offseason. Not as much to talk about, but wanted to get Kevin uh, involved in this and talking as soon as we possibly could. All right, uh, if you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at kbaxter 11 and, of course, go to LATimes.com where you can follow all of his articles covering the World Series, the Kings, the LA Galaxy, LAFC, soccer in general, U.S. men's national team. Uh, that is where you can find him over at LATimes.com. And, of course, if you're looking for me on Twitter, at JGuessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and at Galaxy Podcast. And, of course, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com for all your podcasts and our written articles. And as any news breaks, we, of course, will have that for you. All right, for Mr. Kevin Baxter, who is hopefully now on a plane headed back to Burbank from San Francisco, I'm Josh Kessman, and you've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy from the Box podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Arajo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.